from the Gardner-Webb University podcast studios. Welcome to Web Chat, episode 11. Today, we're going to spend some time with Gardner-Webb University alumnus Donnie Thurman. Donnie is the executive vice president and COO for Holy Angels in Belmont, North Carolina. On Web Chat, we explore the greater Gardner-Webb family through the people, programs, services, and the community partners that call themselves Gardner-Webb family. Join us now as Thomas Manning brings us this interview with Donnie Thurman. Hi, and welcome into Web Chat. My name is Thomas Manning, Gardner-Webb University, class of 2022. Uh, Today, I'm really excited to welcome Mr. Donnie Thurman Jr. to the show. Donnie is a Gardner-Webb alum, and he's been doing some incredible work in the community for many years, and it's great to have this chance to speak with him about his leadership and his service. So, Donnie, thanks so much for your time today. It's an absolute honor, Thomas. Really, thank you for having me and really honored to, you know, represent my organization. Um, I always call it my organization, my home, my school, Gardner-Webb University. Most definitely. And uh, you were born and raised in Shelby, North Carolina, and you're a graduate of Crest High School. And as we mentioned, a Gardner-Webb alum and former student athlete. So I'd love to have you look back at some of your early years and being rooted in the community and having Gardner-Webb always there in the periphery. Uh, Did you grow up spending time on campus throughout your childhood and teenage years? Uh, What was your relationship like with Gardner-Webb during that time? Great question, Thomas. You know, when I think back to my experience, I did not spend as much time as I wish I could have over Gardner-Webb. There were times where we may come over for basketball games and things like that. And, you know, of course, I always heard a lot about Gardner-Webb, but did not know really the gym that was in our backyard. Like so many students, I I don't think realize that. But, you know, we had the opportunity to, um, I even went to Crest High School, which is, like you said, really close to Gardner-Webb. And it really wasn't until the junior year I ended up going over to a football game and seeing the kind of athletics and academic prowess that Gardner-Webb offered. And that's when my, um, you know, I just kind of went up thinking, man, it would be cool to be able to go home to a university that has values like Gardner-Webb, you know, because I am a Christian and I certainly do believe in, you know, the ethical practices that Gardner-Webb always represented. I did know that from being a child, but to really get on the campus as an older, um, you know, young man and be able to see what it offered really opened my eyes to all the possibilities. But man, I was glad that I got over there my junior year to go to that football game. And then enrolling as a student in in the early 2000s, uh, you played football all four years and you won two Big South championships. So can you share a little bit about finding that balance as a student athlete and what you appreciated about the opportunities that Gardner-Webb provided for you on both sides of the equation? Yes, we were very fortunate during those years. You know, Coach Patton and the team, you know, we, we were able to achieve some great success and I truly honor the Lord for that. And the great players that I was able to play with, it was an honor to be on that team to win those championships. And I don't think at the time we realized how big of a deal it was, but to look back now and to see the success we were able to have was incredible. And I I do think that it was a growing experience for me coming into Gardner-Webb because coming out of high school, I was a high achieving student and you know, National Beta Club, National Honor Society. I graduated with around a 4.3. And as I got into college, it certainly was a transition. You know, I had to learn that you just can't go into the classroom and, um, you know, not study and be ready for a test like you. Sometimes we were able to pull off in high school. So Gardner-Webb certainly challenged me academically. And, you know, as a human being to grow, to, you know, put more time into my studies and to balance my social life, my sports life, and also my academic life. 
Um, but, you know, the other side of it was a spiritual side, too. And I think one of the things that really helped on, on the campus that, you know, I was local and I was able to take a lot of my friends to church with me. And then I was able to come back and go to things like The Verge and, you know, team Bible studies that were right there on campus. So it was really cool, um, you know, to be able to have all of those things that were afforded to me on Gardner-Webb's campus that I'm not sure would have happened elsewhere. You know, the Christian, the Christian overtones and experiences that we have at Gardner-Webb are really unparalleled. And I'm so glad that I was able to go to a university that had that. And I think something that's obviously very important to you is um, service and using your talents for the betterment of the community around you. And I'm sure that these are qualities that have come from a lot of different places and a lot of different people in your life, whether that be family members or mentors in other areas like church leaders or coaches or professors. So what does it mean for you throughout your life to not only have had those people to look up to, but also to have had the chance to pay it forward to the next generation? Well, I, I agree with you, Thomas, the way you put it out. There are so many different facets. It's always when you think about all the impacts that people have had on your life, I just feel so fortunate. My father exemplifies service. I mean, he continues to do that. And he made me want to, you know, he went to Gardner Webb. I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And he modeled, you know, how to deal with the community and how to give to the community. He often told me, um, you know, son, you're not doing anything unless you're giving back. And that's always what I grew up with in the background. So, you know, when I think about what you asked, all these different factors that have blessed me in my life, I count myself honored. You talk about the growing pains and learning how to balance. I'll never forget, you know, after football practices, coming to the cafeteria, parking in the spots that aren't designated for parking. <laughs> and I remember, um, you know, Chief Chief um, Barry and Tracy pulling me to the side and saying, you know, Donnie, you know, you are a good young man and you, you know, you do things well, but this doesn't line up. How do you have all these parking tickets? You know, you need to get yourself together. I remember them pulling me in and they were very serious and they challenged me. And I tell you, I didn't park there again. <laughs> that taught me a good lesson. But that's the kind of leadership and the accountability that, you know, Gardner Webb was able to offer. They pulled me to the side and they helped me to grow as an individual that thankfully showed a little bit of mercy on me at the time. But it's a life lesson that I won't forget. You know, you're called to a higher purpose. You, you know, you were born. Um, to stand out, don't fit in. So, you know, those things were the lessons that I took in my life. And really, you know, what I've done now is try to exemplify what I was taught there on campus and throughout my childhood. How am I giving back to the community? How am I serving? And, you know, I've done that in various capacities and been blessed to do it. But it's been because other people have modeled it for me, Thomas. And it really is. And I'm I'm fortunate because of that. And, uh, you know, you have mentioned how significant your faith is for you as you know, a guiding light for you over the course of your life. And I know you're an ordained minister yourself and uh, you're a youth and assistant pastor at Palmer Grove Baptist. So, you know, how has your faith and your relationship with God continued to evolve with you through your seasons in life? Well, faith is really, you know, something that I always tell people, I cannot separate my faith from who I am. It's every, you know, I don't take it off and put it on. It is infused in every part of me, you know, and I will say that if my faith, what it teaches me is to humble myself because every day I realize how small I am and how really how grateful I am to have God's grace. So in every situation, you know, my dad and my mom and so many others have always taught me, you know, humble yourself, see yourself and how you can be used to help others. And I always think about it from the standpoint, me and my wife are having a conversation recently that. The only difference between 
us and other people is really the grace of God. You know, I'm not better than anybody. I might be better off, but I'm not better than anybody. So what my faith teaches me is to not think more highly of myself than I ought and to figure out ways that I can share the message of Christ with others. Because truly, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? And how can we be examples for Christ and let our light shine so that people may not see Donnie, even with this interview, I hope that anybody listening can, you know, not look at Donnie and the great things that Donnie's been able to accomplish. No, Donnie really doesn't have too much to do with it, except I've been along for the ride. It's been all God and God has been a true blessing in my life. So I'm thankful. Um, I'm humbled and I'm just, you know, a privilege to share God's message with anybody who's going through anything to know that, hey, if I can make it, anybody can, because God is able. He certainly is. And uh, as we as we all know, Gardner Webb's motto is uh, for God and humanity. And I know you've talked a little bit about that Christian atmosphere on campus and how important that is for pretty much everybody who comes in contact with Gardner Webb. So for you specifically, just from your own personal experience, how did you see that demonstrated at Gardner Webb? And how did you see you know, the people around you living up to that motto of forgotten humanity. Hey, man. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because it was a pleasure to be at Dimensions, you know, where we still put that emphasis on God and things like that. And you were able to hear that phrase, forgotten humanity. And I didn't think about the power of that until, you know, I got older and I started seeing some of the things going on in the world. And, you know, I remember, I'll give you an example. Um, this right here is a very poignant example. My freshman year, September the 11th, 2001, I'm in the bottom of the DCC and we are all paused just like the rest of the world was and looking at TVs and trying to figure out what is going on. And we're all in shock and all. And right there in the DCC, the bottom um, of the Dover Center, you know, where it used to be mailboxes and things, we we stood there, you know, just trying to figure out what's ha happening. And I'll never forget several of us students. You know, I'm a freshman at the time and it didn't matter who was in their underclassmen, all races, all creeds, whatever, you, whoever you were, somebody said, let's pray. And all of us began to pray right there. We didn't know what was going on in the world, but we knew that we were believers and it didn't matter who was there. We all stopped and prayed right there. And that right there was a tremendous example of just how Garden Web was, you know, the spontaneous prayers, um, you know, going on the quad and hearing the concerts from a Christian band and, you know, being able to go over to, you know, the, the auditorium and, and hear a speaker, you know, that was able to share with you the message of Christ after hours. You know, these are things that were happening all the time. You know, I remember small groups and small groups, you know, as a freshman really fortified my faith in so many ways. And there were some older um, seniors who would pull us together as freshmen and tell us their stories. And we were able to sit down and we would have, you know, accountability discussions as men. You know, I was in the gospel choir and I'll tell you, the gospel choir is probably one of the bigger parts of my experience because from a freshman to senior, I experienced the gospel choir and we would travel and the E. Jerome Scott gospel choir was a pride thing. You know, we would sing at dimensions and things like that. And it really it really challenged me that, hey, if I'm going to get up and sing with my classmates and in front of them at Dimensions, I better be, you know, careful about the life that I'm leading. So Garden Webb just had so many opportunities to where, you know, even I'm thinking about that, the choir singing at a basketball game. We did that kind of thing. And 
who would have a gospel choir singing at a basketball game, but Gardner Webb, you know, so we didn't, we didn't hide the gospel. We put it out in front of everything we do, as we say, for God and for humanity. And it was a blessing to be a part of that. So it, it was everywhere. And it was, and again, it was a choice, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was pushed on me. It wasn't anything that, you know, anybody forced me to do, but having the options, having the option to be able, Thomas, to say, if I want to go to a prayer group, I can go right out my door to it. What a pleasure. And I didn't have to look hard to find it. So that's why I say Garden Well was great. Didn't push it down my throat, but what it did is give me an opportunity and so many of our students, an opportunity to be able to have access to God's word and God's will. And you alluded to dimensions, which is still very much a significant part of the curriculum at Gardner-Webb. And I actually remember my freshman year, uh, probably 2018, I believe, you came and spoke uh, for dimensions. And that's that's one of the most, probably the most memorable discussions I remember. So, you know, just just thank you for, uh, you know, being a part of that and for coming back and continuing to serve a role in that. Oh, man, listen, I'm I'm so honored. And that's the cool thing, too. You know, I, I, I kind of stood up there and I was thinking about all those times that I would come in there and, you know, I'm sleepy and I'm tired and I'm, you know, getting ready to try my best to get out of there. But, you know, to hear you say that inspires me because I went in there thinking, wow, you know, now the roles are reversed. What can I say to those kids who are sleepy and tired and trying to study and get through class? And I remember when I was in dimensions one day and there was a gentleman from Florida. Um, and he preached the sermon that stirred my soul. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I just want to be that one day. And it's amazing that you say that. Now I'm humbled by that, Thomas. Thanks for sharing, man. You know, it's a, it truly is a pleasure. I'll come back anytime Gardner Webb calls me. It really is a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. And I definitely want to spend some time talking about some of your uh, work in the community in recent years and something I want to look to back in 2013 when you were uh, elected to the Cleveland County School Board. And you're actually at that point were the youngest youngest person in Cleveland County's history to be elected. So can you walk me through a little bit of that experience and the passion you have for our education system here in Cleveland County? You talk about an awesome experience and you know, I think about um, that year and I decided, you know, I was working in communities and schools at the time, a nonprofit kind of serving those who were struggling to graduate. And I'd worked at all levels, you know, because Cleveland County's home and I'm so passionate about our county. And I remember being at Crest High School where I was working at the time thinking, you know what, I'd love to take an opportunity for a younger voice to be represented. And I didn't expect to win, Thomas, but I said, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. And, you know, it was a nonpartisan race. And it gave me an opportunity to get up there and share my ideas and my thoughts. And I'll never forget that process and learning who the people of the county were, but more importantly, kind of keeping the focus on the kids. And I'm proud to say that during that time, that was the highest vote count in a nonpartisan race that the county had ever seen. I think still in a nonpartisan race, the highest vote count. And to be a young man that was able to achieve that you know, some people are like, man, wow, you, you should be proud of yourself. But more importantly, I was challenged by that. I was like, wow, people must have saw something in me that made them believe that, you know, he can make a difference. So I approached that office very seriously, you know, to learn and to grow and develop. I was glad to serve great school board members. And there were there were a lot of great people on that board. But I realized it was hard work, too. You know, I learned really quickly that being on a board you don't make decisions by yourself. You make it as a team. So it's all about teamwork. It's all about 
you know, standing up for what you believe in. And we had some very, very, you know, critical conversations around things like prayer in schools and things like, um, you know, gender equality. There were so many different things that came up, but I always took the approach. How can I show the love of Christ? And these are things that, you know, I even think about a garden web. These were things that prepared me uh, long before I ever ran for office on how to have those conversations. So that was a great example of, you know, how you can dream and, you know, ultimately achieve something that you really want to go for. Because at Gardner Webb, Richard Hooker, who was a school board member, I knew him since I was a child, but he came and spoke at Gardner Webb one day and I was a freshman and I remember it vividly. I tell him about it to this day. And I remember him telling me about being a school board member. And I said, hey, that's something I want to do one day. And then lo and behold, several years later in 2013, I was able to do it. So it was really cool to be exposed to him in that way, in that class, um, and ultimately being able to be a comrade. I actually sat on the board with him for those four years. So it was really cool to experience that. Yeah, I grew up in the Cleveland County School System as well, from Springmore Elementary to Crest Middle and Crest High. And my mom has been a teacher at Springmore for, let's see, 20, 20 years now. So definitely that's been a huge part of my life growing up and uh, continues to be. So, you know, thanks again for, for your service there and everything that you've done to be a part of that. And, you know, I know your mom and, of course, your dad as well. And I will say your family is an incredible example of, you know, what happens when great families and, you know, really pour into their children. You've been able to achieve great things because you had great examples. Your mom certainly pushes um, students and your dad, of course, is a community leader. So seeing where you are now, I'm so proud of you. And that's one of the pillars that I ran on. How can we help the family dynamic, you know, in our area? How can we support those kids who don't have the Noel Mannings and others, you know, in their lives. And that was one of the goals that I had. And, you know, of course, you know, of course, little me or whoever, I don't know if we can ever solve that, but hey, we ought to try, you know, and that I think we were able to get some mentoring programs started. So anybody listening, I just want to tell you, if you don't volunteer at your local school or church or you're not mentoring, know that it makes a difference. The little time you spill with a kid could help them become a Thomas one day. So so please take an opportunity to spend some time with some young students who may not have that. Yeah, it really is those small steps and you know you have to start somewhere and it can really build into something special. And I think uh, another example of that in your life in recent years, uh, you joined the staff of the organization Holy Angels in 2017. And you continue to work with them for over six years now. And as of a few months ago, uh, back in January 2023, uh, you, you were named as executive VP and chief operating officer. So for our audience out there, can you discuss generally what this organization does for the community and your involvement with them? I'm so glad you asked about Holy Angels because truly it is mission. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't even know we're right in Belmont, North Carolina. And we employ over 300 individuals and the individuals that we employ serve the best um, residents in the world. Um, and, and, you know, I should say consumers as well, because there are some members of the community who are served by Holy Angels. But the majority of the people we serve, over 80 people are residents on our campus. And all of our residents have some form of intellectual developmental disability and delicate medical condition. We specialize in caring for those who struggle and we are a niche organization because we provide compassionate, dependable care, um, heavy medical support, 
um, that other organizations, frankly, aren't able to do. And we're blessed to be able to do that. You know, our youngest resident is three years old and our oldest is 81. And it is incredible to have the gamut of ages and, um, you know, even those profound disabilities. We believe that we, however different, we're all able. Um, and our motto says this, loving, living and learning for the differently able. So our goal is to look at possibilities of what, um, you know, people can do. We want to challenge the community to know that somebody might have, you know, an intellectual developmental disability, but even though they're different, they're just like us. You know, we have a lot of nonverbal residents and some residents who can't walk. But, you know, I'll tell you something, Noel, even the nonverbal residents have preached sermons to me without saying a word. I'll give you an example of how some residents can, you know, I walk in and they're dealing with so many medical challenges. You know, they can have, you know, breathing tubes and so many things in their bodies and trying to fight for every breath they take. But I come around the corner and they give me a smile that lights up my day. And here I am worried about, you know, the traffic and they're smiling with every breath they have in their lives. We have some of the most inspiring people in the world. So, you know, there's so much I can talk about. And, you know, I'll, I'll share with you very quickly that, you know, we do have four businesses that we open. We have a um, in downtown Belmont, we have a cotton candy factory. We have what we call Cherub's Cafe and we have a Bliss Art Gallery. And in McAdenville, we have a Spruce Goose Station, a restaurant. The reason why we open those businesses is some, so some of our residents can work in their supported employees. So, yes, they get paid. They have the opportunity to work and do meaningful, um, have a meaningful day because we believe that they deserve every opportunity that we have and the communities really embrace them. So I love Holy Angels. As you can tell, I get excited talking about it because I care, um, you know, for those who are differently able. I grew up, um, you know, my cousin um, is has Down syndrome. And I saw the fights that he's had over his life and how he has truly persevered. And he just he's an example for me. He inspires me every single day. And what a privilege it is to work in this field um, of human services and holy angels. I will tell you, I, I believe it's the best organization in the world. I love it. And I encourage anybody who wants to come to reach out to me. I just love to take you on the tour. It, it truly is life changing. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, reaching out to you. So what kind of opportunities are there for volunteers from the community to you know, assist and kind of learn more about the organization? Well, you know, there are so many volunteer opportunities. We do a lot of fundraisers and events, of course. We're a nonprofit. So we like to take the opportunity to involve the community in so many other things we do. We do things like what we call Angel Bowl, where it's a community bowling event that raises money. We do golf tournaments. We have a, a Grazie Mille um, that is a, you know, we call it the weekend of a thousand things where we do a Monte Carlo night and then we come back and do a huge gala. It is a tremendous, um, you know, organization that you can get involved in on the fundraising side, but you can also come and spend time with our residents. If you want to come and read and connect with our residents and, you know, some people like to come and take our residents on walks and just enjoy the opportunity to spend time with them. We have a property down on um, the lake um, that we call Lake Wally that we call Camp Hope. And we have people that volunteer to be boat drivers, you know, to take our residents on boat rides. And you want to talk about an incredible experience. You've never been on a boat ride till you've been with our residents. To see the wind blow through their face and the joy it brings is truly a remarkable experience. So there are so many opportunities. The thing that I always say, Thomas, is that if you want to make a difference, if you want to be inspired and help others, 
Holy Angels is truly a place to come and volunteer because you will get more than you give. Um, that's guaranteed. So we would love to have caring individuals with big hearts, even be employees. You know, we have nursing, uh, we have direct support, so many levels of medical care that we have. If you want to be in a place like that, it's certainly the place to be. So Holy Angels based in Belmont, North Carolina. And where would you send people online to learn more? Yes, sir. I'd say go to holyangelsnc.org. Um, holyangelsnc, like North Carolina.org. And you'll be able to, you know, learn a lot about our organization. We've been in existence for almost 68 years. And, you know, the Lord has really blessed that place. And, you know, it's just been a remarkable experience to be a part of that team just for a little bit over six years. And I love it. I love every aspect of it. Excellent. Well, once again, uh, we are here with Donnie Thurman Jr. on web chat. And we just want to thank him for his time and for all the incredible stuff you continue to do in the community and as a Gardner Webb alum representing uh representing your school. It's it's just been awesome to see the great things you've been doing. So is there anything else before we wrap up that you just want to share, whether that be about your time at Gardner Webb or what it means to you? Well, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to, you know, shed light on us old school students, if you will. I'm, you know, I'm 39 years old and, you know, really blessed to you know, lived a life where I had a chance to be a student at Gardner Webb University. I'm a proud bulldog for life. And I married, um, I met my wife at Gardner Webb. I married my sweetheart at Gardner Webb has so many great memories for me. And I have so many friends for life that I met right there at that university. I encourage any student or alum to continue to support the university and be thankful for the experience we had to have. And, you know, I go to church at Palmer Grove Baptist Church. Uh, my pastor, James L. Smith, Always talks about this, but he said it's a poor frog that won't praise his own pond, right? And I always like, I always remember that. And I always want to encourage people to honor, you know, the experiences that made us who we are. So I certainly honor Gardner Webb. I honor Mooney Hall. I honor Nanny and all of those places that made me who I am. And just very proud to have been a part of what is one of the greatest universities. And I'm so glad to see the growth. And I cannot wait to see what happens in the future. So thank you again for the opportunity. And I wish everyone listening the absolute best in your lives and in your communities. Well, Gardner Webb has always been such an important part of my life and your life and many people in the community and many people around the world. So, yeah, it's just always been always been wonderful to talk to people and see what they've been doing after they've graduated and continued on into the world. So once again, thanks, Donnie. And uh, we really appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk more soon. Appreciate you, sir. You take care. Thanks. Thanks again to Donnie Thurman for joining us on Web Chat Episode 11 and to alumnus Thomas Manning for bringing us this interview. In the 2023 edition of the Garden Web Magazine, look for a feature story on Donnie and his life of service to community. Remember, you can find and subscribe to official Garden Web podcasts just like these on your favorite platforms and follow Garden Web news and events online at gardener-web.edu forward slash news. For Web Chat, I'm Noel T. Manning II. Thanks for joining us.